my gosh. Mm, I slept so well. Wait. Oh, no. What's wrong? I'm having an alternate universe feeling. I'm worried I hopped to dimensions. Get out the checklist. I need to make sure I'm on the right earth. Okay, got it. Ready? Ready! What year is it? 2018. Good. What's my favorite color? Purple. True, true. Although that one might cross dimensions. Next one. Is the McRib back? Um... I have no idea. That is an acceptable answer. All right, last question. Okay, I'm ready. What is our super secret code word that only you and I know about? Perfect. That's the whole checklist. You are definitely on the right earth. (sighs) What a relief. (sighs) Well, are you ready to do the podcast? What's a podcast? No! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Let's talk about comics. (sighs) Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. All right, well, readers, welcome to Spider-Verse proper. Yeah, after taking a nearly month break on Spider-Verse, we're back. But there was some spider stuff, some crossover stuff in that break, so... It was pretty on brand. It had all the ingredients of (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Verse. We hope you enjoyed the Acts of Friendships episodes that we had across six podcasts. Yes, we'd like to thank the hosts of Multiversal Q, Battle of the Atom, The Young Ones, Play Comics, and WMQ&A for joining us in that particular crossover. Yeah, you can catch me on the Young Ones episode of the Acts of Friendship. You can catch me on our episode, Battle of the Atom, and WMQ&A. Yeah. Chris Chris is just a lot more talkative than I am, I guess. He he, he shows up in that crossover a lot more than me. Well, it it was due to some 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 shuffling. Yeah. Yeah. Plus he, he, he filled in a, he filled in a spot yeah, plus you edited ours, which was basically the job of being on, like, three podcasts. Yeah, considering you guys talked for, like, two hours. Mm, well, we'll try to keep this one short in comparison. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Maybe you really enjoyed the long episodes. I, I actually really enjoyed editing it. I felt like I was really good friends with everyone in the episode. So, like, when I hopped on to, to uh, The Young Ones with Charlie, I just felt like we were already really good pals because I, I just listened to Charlie talk for so long, and I feel like they were kind of thrown off. <laughs> this is what some people call, like, the podcast problem, which is, like, you feel like you know more about the hosts than you probably do. So if you were to, like, meet them in person, there's already, like, lots you know. Right. Which is kind of exciting, because I, I think we are going to be meeting some of these these folks in, in person at some point. Yeah, stay tuned for that. We may do some special episodes if everything works out. Hey, everything always works out, right? Yeah. I mean, we've got great writers for for our lives, you know. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Before Chrissy realizes that her life is not the Truman Show, we should probably get into hey, this episode. Hey, or maybe I just realized that I'm Gwenpool because <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> well, today we're going to be covering the first part of the main sequence in Spider-Verse. So we're maybe going to be mentioning some of the tie-ins, but we're not going to be covering them in the normal depth that we are going to be covering the main amazing issues with. Right. Because there's a lot that goes into sp- a lot of tie-ins. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. I was worried we'd be doing it till May, and I wanted to keep it keep it fresh. Right. Because we, we spent a while on Crisis, and part of that was like my fault. I was like pregnant and like sick and like, I don't want to record. So I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry we spent so long on that. Um, Well, (laughs) we're going to make up for it. (laughs) Today we're going to be covering Amazing Spider-Man 9, 10, and 11. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a bit of, it's it's a bit lengthier 
than I anticipated it. So we should probably get right into it. Are you ready for a summary? All right, summary. Amazing Spider-Man number nine, written by Dan Slott, penciled and inked by Olivier Quapel, colored by Justin Ponser, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Nick Lowe and Ellie Pyle. The backup was written by Dan Slott, penciled by Giuseppe Camancoli, inked by Cam Smith, colored by Antonio Fabella, lettered by Travis Lanham, edited by Nick Lowe and Ellie Pyle. We open our story as Peter Parker is roused from bed by a phone call from J. Jonah Jameson to get down to a local park to take pictures of a rampaging supervillain. Peter quickly arrives as Spider-Man, only to be slain by a seemingly bored Morloon. Turns out, this whole thing takes place on the moon and is not our Spider-Man. Morlin heads to Loom World post-kill, only to be taunted by Demos and Verna for being afraid of going to the 616, as it contains the only Spider-Man to have defeated him. As for the 616, Peter is awoken by Silk as she tells him the best way to avoid their problem, which as we remember is a kind of gross involuntary attraction between them, is for Peter to leave New York, as Silk has it all covered. They team up to stop some of the previous Superior Spider-Man's leftover henchmen from stealing some tech when they are assisted by a whole bunch of other Spider-Folk. They fill Peter in on the situation before saying they all need to leave, as Deimos is coming to the 616. We flash to the new warriors having been defeated as Deimos fights Kane, calling him the receptacle of the other. Kane is rescued by another group of spiders who quickly retreat. However, Deimos incapacitates a Bruce Banner Spider-Man who is left behind. The spiders have all converged on Earth-13, home of an all-powerful Spider-Man who still has the powers of Captain Universe. However, they can't safely leave this area, as the Captain Universe powers are only active on this plane. The spiders begin to explain to 616 Peter why he's so important before we cut to... The Ultimate Universe, where Mild Morales is mourning the death of his mother. Jessica Drew, who in this world is a clone of Peter Parker, arrives to console him. But they are quickly interrupted by a hunting party, Verna and the Hounds. Then we have a little backup story that is effectively a nice dinner between all of the bickering members of the Inheritors as they debate what the Great Web, which is kind of an amorphous concept of destiny in the multiverse, means to them. Ultimately, Solus says that the Great Web is theirs to control before one of their entrees, which is of course a very wounded Spider-Man, says how wrong they are and how the spiders will stop them. They interrupt the poor dying spider and then begin to feast. Amazing Spider-Man number 10, written by Dan Slott, Penciled by Olivier Coppel, inked by Wade von Grawbadger, colored by Justin Ponzer, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Nick Lowe and Ellie Pyle. Miles and Jess of the Ultimate Universe are rescued from Verna by none other than the more violent crew of the Superior Spider-Man. In Verna's rage to capture the spiders, she has desecrated the grave of Miles's mother, which causes him to declare that now it's personal. Back on Earth-13, we find out that Peter is so important to the spiders at large because he is the only one to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with an inheritor and survived. Old Man Spider and Spider UK reveal that they found another group of spiders, guess who, and they make a big production of splitting into teams, and then all going to the same place. Oh, and also, our Peter is really strange about letting Spider-Gwen go on a team while Old Man Spider makes Cindy Moon stay put. They arrive in 2099, making contact with the Superior Spider Army. Spider UK starts to take charge, demanding that everyone come to the safe zone. Superior Spidey retorts that he had a neato stealth device that was working just fine, but the signatures of all of the Spideys, especially Silk, who is the bride, and Kane, who is the other, is going to overload it. Soon enough, Deimos attacks and starts just ripping into the spider army. Kane and Superior counterattack, managing to kill Deimos! Holy crap! Also, usually inheritors fade away when killed, but Superior has augmented his stabby spider legs with future tech, keeping Deimos's body in stasis. Before much longer, though, Deimos, what? And the twins return, snapping the neck of Old Man Spider. Outclassed, the spiders break into several teams. The clone team heads to Loom World, the Inheritor's home plane, 
because they have a hunch that the inheritors can use clones to respawn. Silk, Spider-Woman, and Noir, who try to lead the inheritors away from the main crew, and Spider-Man 2099 and Six-Legged Spidey, who make off with Deimos' corpse for study. The main crew retreats back to Earth-13, where, after their crushing defeat, Superior claims that he is in charge. Amazing Spider-Man number 11 is written by Dan Slott, penciled by Olivier Coipel, inked by Wade Von Grabadger, Olivier Coipel, John Livesey, Victor Olazaba, and Mark Morales. Colored by Justin Ponzer, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, edited by Nick Lowe and Ellie Pyle. I hope everyone is ready for a showdown because Peter Parker has decided that the superior Spider-Man is not the guy to be in charge. Superior believing that he is from later in the timeline than our Peter, says that logically he has far more experience and should be in charge, also taunting Peter on his terrible leadership skills. They begin a physical fight for leadership, which ends when Peter raises his hands in surrender, asking Superior to go for the killing blow. Superior, thinking that this would kill him as well because Peter is from earlier in the timeline, hesitates, which allows Peter to super kick him in the jaw. Peter rejects Superior's ruthless nature, saying that they need to find a different way. We get a quick Karn interlude to remind you that he is in fact important, as well as a scene where Solus, the daddy inheritor if you needed reminding, tells Morlin to grab his brother Genix because they are done playing with the totems. Back on Earth-13, Peter helps up Superior, saying that even though Peter beat him, his experience is important to the crew. They move closer to cover before checking in with our teams. Spider-Man 2099 and crew are still hauling around Deimos' corpse, probably for Weekend at Bernie's shenanigans. Spider-Man Noir has been injured and is dropped off in his home reality. Peter decides to bring him one of the cloaking devices while also grabbing Anya Corazon, Spider-Girl, and Spider-Gwen, who he apologizes to for being paternalistic. Before leaving, he tells Miles Morales and the young cartoon Peter to go recruit more Spider-Men. The teams leave all at once before the unthinkable happens. Genix, Morloon, and Solus invade Earth-13 and begin feasting on Spider-Men. Captain Universe Spidey is shocked at this brazen act and uses his immense power to blow the ever-living heck out of Genix. Genix, of course, responds as we see the Spider-Clone squad outside the Inheritor's facility, ready for action. Back on Earth-13, Sola seems to be handling the power of Captain Universe quite easily, explaining that the power of only one universe pales in comparison to the inheritors of the multiverse. Spider-UK desperately tries to call Peter for help, but it's too late as Solus consumes Captain Universe, and Morloon grabs Mayday Parker's little brother Benji, proclaiming that the Scion is theirs. So, it's a lot. Yeah. What did you think of this first, I guess, I guess the beginning of Spider-Verse proper? Well, about that. It's kind of not the beginning, right? Right. Like, imagine just picking this up at Amazing Spider-Man number nine mm-hmm. and just jumping in without any of the previous stuff that we have. Right. The the stuff that comes before Spider-Verse, the edge of Spider-Verse, as well as some of kind of like the... Like great... Superior 32 and 33... And then mm-hmm. Amazing 7 and 8 with the backup stories. Yeah, they're they're pretty important. I mean, I, I guess all to varying degrees. But I, I, I mean, I'm trying to place myself in the shoes of somebody that is just picking up the first issue of Spider-Verse. Yeah, because I feel like they kind of tried to make it that way. They even like brought in a new artist. Like I've been reading along with Amazing Spider-Man for like 50 plus issues before this, I've read the superior run. And this is like the first time Olivier Coipel, who's considered like a superstar mm-hmm. at Marvel is, is jumping into this Dan Slott run of Spider-Man. So it's considered like a pretty big deal. They were like, check mm-hmm. it out. Dan Slott's teaming up with Olivier Coipel, giving us some of that good Spidey. But it's, it's definitely like, you kind of, you kind of need to know some stuff. This is not a, not a handholdy issue. I mean, although the first, the, the first one. Right. I right. I, I do feel like it's one of those things that us knowing the backstory 
might make us feel like the first issue is more inaccessible just because we know all of this other stuff. Whereas picking it up for the first time and not knowing that other stuff, I think you kind of probably could dive into it a little bit because you don't realize what you don't know. Right. You, I which feel is like... just me reading comics always. <laughs> <laughs> comics always seems like there's just so much that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Even if you've read them for years, you're just like, man, what have I missed? Mm-hmm. Like I going into this, I'm like, I'm gonna know all these Spider Man. No, no, I didn't know all these Spider Man, and I I love Spider Man. Um, it does it, at times kind of give you like the skinny. Like mm-hmm. let's let's say you haven't read any Superior Spider Man. It's still like, oh uh, yeah, this was a guy who pretended to be me for a little while and is actually Otto Octavius. Um, yeah, that's that's all, and you're just like, uh, yeah, uh huh, cool. Mm-hmm. I guess that's <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the case. So it does it does kind of kind of do that, and. I don't know. I, I often complain about things seeming inaccessible, but like when I first got into comics, I kind of just had to jump head first and just hope to figure out what's going on. I, I mean, I think that's I feel just, like we've said it like six times now. I, but... Yeah. I mean, it's just a part of crossovers even too, because, you know, depending on what run you've been reading up to the point that a crossover happens, like you get a couple issues in your run that, that are like tie-in issues and you're like, you've just kind of Either you've got to jump in and read the whole crossover, uh, you've got to listen to our podcast, or you can that's, just... That's the best answer. Right. <laughs> listen to our podcast. Or just read these tie-in issues that happen to happen in your run and just hope they're well-written enough that you can enjoy your part of the story. Now, granted, the nice thing about Spider-Verse is it doesn't tend to invade a lot of other people's spaces like a lot of crossovers do. It is strictly like, this is a Spider-Man story, and there's some miniseries. Now, granted, um, as we talked with um, author Dennis Hopeless on the mm-hmm. last episode, Spider-Woman started during this, mm-hmm. but and it wasn't this kind of like, like launched Spider-Gwen, too. Yes, but her, her series didn't start until a right. little bit later. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like you didn't have to get Captain America to jump into Spider-Verse. That's true. Which is, I guess that's kind of nice. And assumedly, if you've been reading Amazing from the number one, you're going to get like a pretty good gauge of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you could even skip Edge of Spider-Verse and be pretty much fine. Although you'd miss that. that, There's great stuff in Edge of Spider-Verse, though. sick Spider-Gwen intro. (laughs) That absolutely clutch intro. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. Did you like the first little, the first little intro where we're like, oh man, another Peters died. Oh, but this is Moon Peter. Right, right. At first... Yeah, I mean, I feel like we see so many spider men die in this, but that first one, it almost kind of does feel like, wait, 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 is is this our Peter Parker? Yeah, there's like some hints, like get, go to Armstrong Park. Mm-hmm. That's a hint. And then J. Jonah Jameson's yelling at him. Um, which... Also, Spider-Man talks about affording oxygen, because I imagine on the, I guess on the capitalistic moon, you have to pay for oxygen. Man, capitalist moon. Are you worse than capitalist Earth? <laughs> Sounds like it if you have to pay for oxygen. I miss that bit. Oh, yeah. He oh, was man. just kind of listing it off on like a, you know, he needs to get this picture because he has to be able to afford like rent and this and oxygen. See, I think I think that's I think when you realize it, it's like a callback, but mm-hmm. it's almost like. Uh, if, if that was in a normal Spidey story, it'd be like, a, oh, that's Spidey, like with his sense of humor, you know, you can't. Right, oxygen doesn't cost you any money, but it probably does on the moon. On the moon, on Spider-Man. Morlun almost seems bored at this rate. It's like he knows that he, he's like very afraid of 616 Spider-Man, and that's addressed fairly early on. Right. Right, 616 being the main Marvel universe, Mm -hmm. and Morlun, of course, being the the main Victorian space vampire. Right, because he's the one that we, that uh, Spider-Man has encountered previous Right. To did, actual Spider-Verse. Did you finally start to keep all these people straight? All these Victorian space space vampires? Uh, yes, although I had to remember that Deimos has got the earring. I just remember Deimos was big. Well, right, but when you don't see him next to Morlun, I, like, I think Morlun's big. So, yeah. like, w- when they're not in direct comparison, it's kind of hard to tell the difference. So you just got to look for the earring. You got to look for, <laughs> look for the earring. And then, of course, there's the blonde twins. Yes. And there's Varix. Benix? Genix? Gen- oh. <laughs> and then there's Genix. <laughs> and Verna. And Verna. And Solus. And Solus. Solus' dad. Mm-hmm. And, and then... Karn. Karn. Yeah. Which, okay, if you hadn't read any of the previous stuff... Karn would be baffling. Karn would be so confusing. 
It's just like, who is this, uh, who's this diver helmet boy? I mean, I guess we get that he's kind of been exiled by the family and that they're not fond of him. You get that. You do get that. But, like, you don't get the whole backstory of... Why he is. Right. Like, they blame him for, for, for mom being dead. Unnamed mom. Yeah, unnamed vampire mom. Mm -hmm. Who got turned into bits of webbing by the Master Weaver. Mm Mm-hmm. Who, the Master Weaver, like... At least in these three issues, it's just kind of like, yeah, I'll just do whatever you say. I guess I'm mm-hmm. chained up and stuff. If you if you read some of the tie-ins, he gets a little rebellious. He does. Uh, and I've, I've read the tie-ins, but you've read them even more recently. Right. I mean, Man, the tie-ins are like... What's... I think they're all kind of fun on their own, but they're not ne- super necessary for the most part. No. I think the there's one later that is almost necessary, but we'll get to that in a future episode. Mm-hmm. It's like down the line. Right. Like, uh, there there are definitely some of the tie-ins that are kind of going into the main plot, but a lot of the tie-ins kind of just feel like, this is a Spider-Man that dies, or this is a Spider-Man that gets recruited. Yeah, and if you, because if you read the main title, they all kind of come back into it occasionally, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're you're maybe missing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about with Dennis, the uh, Spider-Woman stuff was almost a lot of it just nearly like line for line kind of lifted from her tie-ins just into the main amazing right. in sections. Yeah, or, or vice versa. It's honestly hard to tell. Right. Those. I kind of liked the clone stuff, but I started reading Spider-Man when the clones were big. And to explain the clones, because I don't think I actually went into anything about the clones in the summary. Mm-hmm. The thought. more you say the clones, the more I think about uh, Star Wars. <laughs> the clones. Yeah. They, all these Spider-Men wear white helmets. And they <laughs> are, they're all like, we're Spider-Men. That's my that's my very best uh, Django Fed impression. So great. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben Riley is a clone of Peter Parker, but otherwise he's just kind of like he's just kind of like a a, a normal dude. Mm-hmm. He went as the Scarlet Spider for a while, who had like a cool blue vest. Mm-hmm. Um, now Kane is another clone of Spider Man, six one six Spider Man, mm-hmm. who was kind of considered like a bit like mad at first, like like he'd like gone insane or something but he's kind of got it all under control but now he is the the like avatar of the other which when it was first introduced as a concept didn't seem like this like thing that could be transferred around it was just supposed to be like the so peter parker is the man and the spider is the other yeah when it was originally a concept but now kane is the other but he mostly keeps his his mask on. He is very much into that. Kane is also chilling out with the New Warriors, who are a bunch of kid superheroes, and Demos beat them up real bad. And man, if you were a New Warriors fan, you're like, cool, are all all my favorite kids dead? I hope not. And they are. They're all fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that that's good to know because coming like into that, it, like, right? I was like, wait, wait, wait what kids are? The kids are kids are all dead, or, or I don't know. Nobody looked like they were in good shape. Yeah, they were just all beat up. They're, okay. No one, no one died as far that, as we're aware. That's awfully kind. Yeah, this also does not hold hold your hand with clones. Um, I think the Ben Riley of six one six though is not currently alive. So mm. the Ben Riley in this is actually from a different universe where he became the main Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And we also have Jessica Drew, also a clone. Of Peter Parker mm-hmm. in the Ultimate Universe. Right. Which is where Miles Morales is from. Right. So it's not Jessica Drew from the 616 who is though, Spider-Man. Though she is in this as well. Yes, though she is in this. I mean, there's it, there's multiple of nearly every name in this. Yeah. Uh, with a few exceptions. I basically, when I was, when I was saying Peter, I just mean ours. Mm-hmm. Um, Otherwise, we'll, we'll, we'll give a number. We'll give a number or like some fun Some title. sort of identifier. Yes. I liked the scene where Silk... So the first scene where, like, Silk comes in and is like, what's up? I want to solve our problem. And it's, like, the uh, the thing where they, like, want to... They, they are very attracted to each other. This is a, mm-hmm. this is a non-explicit podcast. Uh, when they get close to each other because of pheromones. I, I just wish we could forget about that already. It's, like, a plot point that I just hate. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, And later on, she goes around kind of, like sniffing out the other spider-men once they're all assembled just to see if like the pheromone stuff happens with with anyone and she's just like it's kind of happening like with this ben riley guy but he's kind of different smell but yeah i think kane is the closest one that she like identifies as like 
that's a because he's from the 616 mm-hmm. uh and is a clone of 616 peter but it's like we get it like let's give peter like a uh, an asian girlfriend who just wants to jump on him all the time and it's like very eye-rolly yeah and pretty 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 problematic as they say mm-hmm. but i love that i love how we are not given a slow intro it's just like spider person spider person spider person spider person come with me if you want to live mm-hmm. i mean at least when they appear for like the first time in an issue for the most part we get a little title of like their name the universe they're from and sometimes a little bio too like just like a few words i mean that's helpful right I do kind of wonder how Anya and Spider-Woman, like, knew to show up, because they're also from the 616, and there's, like, nobody, there's there's never a spot where it's, someone recruits them. They're just kind of coming along for the ride. Huh. Trying to recall if that happens in, like, Spider-Woman at any point. I don't think it does, because Spider-Woman opens later. Oh. Spider-Woman starts during issue, at the end of issue two of the, oh, I'm sorry, issue ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we just assume. I don't know. There's a lot of people. We don't see everybody's recruitment. No, you don't see Spider-Ham being recruited, which is frankly a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Ham, a, a prominent player in the in the Spider-Man. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. I'm he's glad he's going to be in the movie. Yes. They definitely seem to pick like the most like popular ones for the movie. Well, that just is good marketing sense yeah is there anyone that you that you wanted to be in the movie because the movie has peter miles gwen noir penny that's sp slash slash dr mm-hmm. and um spider ham well you know who my favorite is oh <laughs> you want spider woman in there i feel like that would have been that would have maybe been confusing so i get it like especially if she's from the same universe as as older peter why would it be confusing i don't know they just like to seem to like to do one from each universe. Do you think she'd just be from her own universe? I mean, there are other. I mean, there are other Jessica Drews, I guess. But I, I would have liked six one six Jessica Drew. I know she's your fave. She just. I wonder. I wonder because Dennis mentioned something about the movie people weren't going to be upset about her being pregnant because, like, the rights or something were confusing I think he or all tied meant up. Or... The MCU. Mm. like the the big avengers one okay since she's not right she's not represented anywhere well i think the rights be confusing are is she a spider-man character or is she a main marvel character mm. and i wonder if that's tough to prove because spider-man's still nebulously owned by sony oh okay right they just they wised up and were like can we please put him in your universe and marvel was like yeah I'm bring him on in <laughs> yeah oh. um I, it pains me when almost every single one of these poor spider boys dies. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, I'd say spider women, but I don't think a single one of them buys it in the stuff we're talking about. Oh. Uh-huh. There's also just not a ton of them. No. They tend to be pretty gender biased towards male. Right. And then I guess they were just like, well, any women that we've got, we've really got to bring into this. <laughs> yeah. And they, I feel like they do. They like, they like bring in some what if characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so who do you feel like so far is the most competent woman, spider woman that we've seen so far? Um, probably Jessica Drew. Right. Well, I mean, we haven't really seen her do anything much in these first three issues of Amazing. Mm, that's she does a lot of awesome point. stuff in her own. In her own. And then we see some flashes of that. Yeah. I mean, Mayday did some good stuff. Mayday did some good Cindy stuff. Cindy Moon really screwed the pooch. Yeah, because... So, uh, we maybe didn't go into this too far in the summary, but the reason why Old Man Spider told her to not come is because she is the bride, and she's like, the 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 inheritors need her. Yeah. So the inheritors need these three like special totems, which is the mm-hmm. bride, the other, and the scion, which is Cindy, right. Kane, and little little Benji, who is Mayday's little brother, <laughs> who's a baby. Which we don't find out really too much why we need. No, them. and it's uh, we do later. We but... do later, but it's all it's all very MacGuffin-y. It's all very like our, this is an arbitrary concept, right? That we need these people. Do we hear about the prophecy yet in these first three issues? No, and no. that's brought about later. Okay, uh, we've read ahead, readers. If you can't tell, I mean, you read. A, I mean, I I read like 
all of Spider-Woman over again before we talked with Dennis. And, like, I was doing that anyway, so I, I had to read, you know, the Spider-Verse stuff. And so there's there's been a lot of uh, reading ahead and all the tie-ins. It's, it's a little difficult to remember what happens and what. There's so much. I specifically focused in on these three, like, extra to not try to pull from other things. Yeah. Uh, we can maybe a little bit later get into our favorite little mini stuff from the tie-ins, I guess. Yeah. Um, they... Because, I mean, they're fun. They're fun reads. Yeah, I don't think any of them are, like, particularly mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the... So the, the... I wanted to get back quickly to the first death, which is a Bruce Banner Spider-Man. He... that's It's, like, it's real rough. The the these the way that the Spider Men die. There's a lot of neck snapping and spine breaking. Right, right. Because uh, he, he doesn't actually like eat his essence there, or even fully no, kill him because he brings him to the feast, to the weird little feast where they've got like a Spider Man, like yeah, and they're all on platters. It's real gross. Yeah. Um. There's the Spider Spider Man. Like yeah, we have like a monkey Spider Man and a pig Spider Man, but there's we've got a Spider Spider Man. And uh, not to be confused with Spiders Man. Right, who is multiple spiders embodying a man. Yes, who's in, who's in the sequel to this, which we'll maybe get to eventually. Right. Probably after it's on Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. But man, every time one of them goes, it's I, I cannot reiterate how much I'm like, no, Spider-Man, even though there's like a million of them. Mm-hmm. They're literally like, like, they were all set up. They brought all these ones in there and they're just like, like, how many can we kill? I mean... We've got to build up the inheritors as the big bads. They're the big bads of of this crossover. They seem so unbeatable for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, they can, like, just grab Spider-Man and just break them. And when they finally get, get like, a kill in, which is Demo shows up, and Superior Spider-Man, who's, like, totally ready, directs his entire mm-hmm. force, still losing people. Like, they lose Assassin Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He manages to kill Demos, and you're like... Oh, sweet. At least they can die. There's only five more left. And then it's like, they just show up again. Right? It's I, It felt so hopeless. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I consider this kind of a fun, light crossover. Um, you, I mean, yes, and it's it really a, high stakes. It's really high stakes, but it has a lot of fun kind of, it's it's fun in, in concept. Mm-hmm. Like, and they go into some silly stuff, like, I think mostly in the tie-ins. Like, right. You get some really fun humor in those. Right. Um, but like, wow, do the inheritors seem like absolute monsters. Also, I'm never going to understand how Spider-Man ultimate, like ultimate villain. Not to say that I feel like Morlun is Spider-Man's arch nemesis, because I don't think that's fair to say. He barely ever shows up. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that it's like Victorian space vampires definitely go with Spider-Man. <laughs> so I feel like that's a really strange leap. I mean, I like their aesthetic, and I like that it's they're kind of uncompromising on it. Like, they live in a weird, like, patchwork Victorian world, where even though there's a lot of, like, weird technology, they mostly try to, like, live in this manner. Right, right. With We we see uh, that she's referred to as Miss Drew, but we, we see Jessica Drew in Lou Morrill's version of Jessica Drew, uh, like, in service to them. In these first three. In the first three? Yeah. Oh. You you might not catch it because she's talking to like a serving guy or like who's mm. the, the, the servers are bring, rolling in like barrels of wine for their feasts. And he's and, you know, Miss Jessica Drew is instructing them, you know, make sure that they don't talk to or make any contact with or get in the way of the masters here. And the, the, the guy bringing in the wine, he's like, oh, I, I also do fine foods. And she's like. Oh, they're not going to need that. <laughs> Would you think you'd know if you lived in Loom World? Right? <laughs> so I guess a couple of other important things. So we find out who Old Man Spider was. He is Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. So Ezekiel is a spider totem guy who back in the J. Michael Straczynski run when Morlun was introduced, he was also introduced as another spider totem and was trying to make Spider-Man's whole existence sort of mystical as opposed to a science radioactive spider bite like that was just kind of like the carrier of the mysticism Mm -hmm. in this old man spider is the version of ezekiel who peter was killed by morlun 
in his world so he takes over as spider-man and he seems to like hate the costume and stuff he's like i put on this dumb costume and did dumb spider-man stuff <laughs> i love how he, he does that but he totally made his own riff on the costume <laughs> I'm like, okay guy you clearly had a little bit of fun with this <laughs> but he has this moment where he's like i'm about to explain everything to all of you dead yeah that's just rough he gets like ambushed by the by the inheritors right before he's about to explain the plot to us. So we have to learn the plot the normal way through a story. <laughs> oh, I love how Anya Anya Corson, yeah, yes, the Spider Girl. Spider we girl. when we see them all like swing into six one six because they're all getting together to with them. They're joining up with Peter and Silk, who are fighting what the superior henchmen. Who, who just like, it's basically like, so in the Middle Ages, if you didn't give knights a thing to do, they mm-hmm. would just like maraud the countryside. So that's why tournaments happened. These are like, they've, they've, they have nothing to do. They have no one to hench for. So they right. just, they're just doing their own thing. Right. So they're, they're swinging on in and like the little like intro panels to each of the spiders mentioned that Anya's like her protege in training and then how often does that come up again it's not at all in the spider woman run nothing (laughs) it's it's like very much forgotten i'm like what happens to her (laughs) well we find out later what happens to her uh to kind of bring her away from okay i just don't remember it right and um we'll get into it in a future episode but it is funny that it's like protege it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) oh um so I, we're kind of skipping around in, in a way that I find a lot of fun, but I mean that, that's kind of how all of Spider Verse feels like. It is a like lot flashes of flashes of stuff, so right? We're just really being... we don't have like one central. I mean, we have our six one six Spider. We have some key players that we kind of follow, but it's lots of cutting in and out of universes, characters, people who all wear with. masks with white with white eyes, and. Uh... Right, like you gotta pay attention to like some chest. small details. So many, you gotta really pay attention to everybody's insignia on their chest. I'm glad you said insignia there. there. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so Spider Spider UK identical face to mm-hmm. me to Spider Man, and so I have to like look for the Union Jack. Right, things things like slightly that. different shades of like red and slightly different shades of blue on occasion. Um, right. Superior's red and black as opposed to red and blue. Mm -hmm. So the very coolest concept in this entire crossover to me is that Superior Spider-Man thinks Peter Parker has to be the one from the past because there is no way that he thinks he can ever lose and give up. Like he he doesn't think in his in like he can Mm -hmm. be removed from Peter's body. Which, like, I want that even kind can... of confidence. <laughs> it's the, <laughs> some real white guy confidence. <laughs> he, it's, and it's like so, like, so much of a character beat of Otto Octavius. And I feel like that's the cleverest thing with, if you haven't read Superior, mm-hmm. that's like, now you get it. Like, he is such this way that he, there is, he's like, he doesn't even consider the fact that Peter Parker could be from the future. Right. Of there's... course it's, he's from his past. <sighs> I practically read that bit and did like a chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just so absolutely brilliant. Um, and Quipel, so Quipel loves drawing Spider Man um, and Spider Women. It's in crowd shots, just like here's one. There's ten Spider Man. Mm-hmm. There's like so many of them. There's literally a panel later on where they just decide that they need to get to cover because they're chilling out in a park, and there's just a scene of them all walking, mm-hmm. and it's like spiders Mm -hmm. but he draws superior and peter in two different ways even in their face yeah i mean they're it's literally the same body with like the difference of like a few months right but superior like slicks his hair back Mm -hmm. and he's got like the facial expression he's got this weird creepy smile there's there's literally a panel where it shows him smiling and then it shows like kind of like an ethereal doc ock doing Mm -hmm. the same smile next to him and I mean, Ooh, it's so good. Some artists unintentionally make their characters look all very similar, but it's amazing that two characters who are physically identical can look so different. Mm-hmm. I think that's very beautifully done. I think it is. It nearly makes up for some chest issues I have on the women. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, he even like undergarments are a thing. <laughs> 
You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Undergarments, not a myth, literally exist. They can be worn under your Spidey suit. I feel like I would. If I had a Spidey suit, I'd maybe throw if on some If you were boxes. swinging around buildings, yes. Yeah, you'd probably want You'd it. want some support there. Yeah. Oh. Um, Spider Gwen, we talked about her costume being so you know, awesome and like empowering and doesn't like sexualize her. And I'm like, how is she somehow sexualized? She's a teenager. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how intentional that was. I didn't, I didn't notice it. Oh, I, I always very much. You're like a laser focused on the way women are drawn. Yes. That's fair. It is. It is often an issue in comics. I mean, granted, we also do. I love, I loved that. uh, First like image of 616 spidey and he's like in his bed and his his backside is just barely covered and it's like like we, we get like in the, like the narration stop looking at his butt yeah and i'm like hey <laughs> just just throwing a little beefcake for you for you fans right there. you know <laughs> um i kind of want to talk a little bit about captain universe spidey oh yeah aka the dadinist spidey yeah, I feel like if you were going to cosplay a Spidey, he would be the one. So I have in my notes, Christy. Oh, really? Is it in there? Uh, um, what did I say? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did I not say it? Well, the important thing is that we both thought it, right? We definitely did. I, I thought I put in my notes, and I can't find it. Like, Beard like likes holding babies. Is Captain Universe Spider-Man me? <laughs> Right? He's he seems a little bit like serious though. Well, he has like the cosmic powers of creation. Yeah. How'd they find him? Was he just chilling out in his apartment or something? <laughs> I I don't know cuz they've already like have the safe zone like with the with with this like first issue, that's like the first place that they go back to. This is our safe zone that Like we Central found. Park in New York it seems like. Mm-hmm. In Earth in earth 13 or whatever equivalent so and he's definitely willing to just like hang out there protect everybody and also just hold a baby yeah but he's got some he's got some auto octavius hubris uh there is a bit where the so eventually so we we very much have this like this sense at the beginning that there's no way that the inheritors are going to come to earth 13 except that means of course the inheritors are going to come right to earth right and when they finally show up, he says, one or a thousand, it doesn't matter. Not against me. Mm-hmm. Like, he does have this huge hubris. But it's it's interesting the way it's portrayed. It's portrayed in, like, a, like, he knows how powerful he is because he wants to do the most good. Mm-hmm. There's even, uh, so Solus ultimately consumes him because the power of the universe is is a life force power and he that's all he does is eat life forces and it, right. it's implied that there's no way that the other inheritors could have done it because they wouldn't have been strong enough to to handle all of the force right but, but he, papa like, vampire has got it papa womper can can <laughs> <laughs> it sounds that's our episode uh, title it's gonna be papa womper <laughs> papa womper oh <laughs> uh, it sounds like a 90s band like papa roach and papa Womper, they could headline together uh so he consumes captain universe spidey and you can see in little print he says ultimate captain universe spidey like as he dies mm-hmm. says ultimate power or like i had ultimate power ultimate responsibility mm-hmm. so i feel like he just really in, in maybe in his world i would love to have read a little more about him but I, maybe it wouldn't have been particularly interesting but mm-hmm. he seems to have taken his power, like, incredibly seriously. Right. So I think that's why he's not quite as fun-loving as Peter, because he's almost like the Superman of his world. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. comparison there. But he was also totally willing at some point to leave if necessary, even though he's he like, had to give up his yeah, powers. Yeah, if, if one spider's going to make the difference, I can... Yeah, so oh. the thing is... He's got these powers, but they're tied to his universe. So if he were to like go to Loom World or literally any other Captain world, his be... specific universe, right? Like he he would lose this power. This is a thing Marvel loves to do. They do it with the Infinity Gauntlet too. Every universe has its own Infinity Gauntlet, but mm-hmm. it can't leave its universe because it doesn't work. I mean, 
That actually seems like it's really helpful because it would be really easy to have some guy with like, I've got six arms and six infinity gauntlets. Right? Like that seems like that could be really broken. It would also just seem really dumb. Right. Okay. What do you do with six of them? Mm-hmm. I do think there's been times where they've had multiple Infinity Gauntlets somehow, but we'll probably get into it in a later crossover. Right. But there are some things that are non-universe specific, and that's like where they get into like the Scion, the Bride, the Other. There are not. There's not an other Bride and Scion in every universe. They are right. It's across the multiverse. It's across the Great Web. Yep. Does and- it blow your mind that two of them are from six one six? I feel like that was maybe a little lazy. Yeah. Maybe. I've heard someone say that Spider-Gwen should have been the bride. Right, but I I mean, I guess the bride is not super sec- sexualized. I mean, Spider-Gwen's just like It'd be, young. It would be a weird title. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think so, whoever... And they probably weren't expecting Spider-Gwen to be that... Popular. Popular. Holy heck, yeah. Spider-Gwen very popular. I'm ultimately glad it wasn't Spider-Gwen. I think she's good on her own. Mm-hmm. And... Also, I mean, it works with Cindy Moon being kind of inept and charging into things unprepared and not really understanding implications of her actions. Like, so you read Spider-Woman, she's just kind of like, she's kind of just like a screw up. She's trying her best, but she's she's not good at this yet. She's definitely like hung out in a bunker for however many years. Mm -hmm. She's the (laughs) Kimmy, she's the Kimmy Schmidt of spider people. Yep. Man, that would have been a good title too. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're just full of them tonight. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're just full of it. Quality content. <laughs> Quality content. We're just full of it tonight. <laughs> Christy, uh, I know we've jumped around a lot, swung around a lot, if you if you will. But mm-hmm. the last thing I want to address was how scared were you when Morloon grabbed Benji? Oh my gosh. Okay, readers, if you are listeners of this show, you know I cannot handle bad things happening to small children. Like... For Benji alone, I would read, like, 20 more issues of this just to make sure he was okay. Right. And, like, if he wasn't, I would probably just stop reading. I just, I don't think I would be able to handle it. It is is pretty rough. Uh, mm-hmm. Mayday also not not thrilled. Right. Just Poor Mayday. And, he's, and he holds Benji up by his foot and Benji's just wailing and he's just a little baby. And who's feeding this child? another question you don't think captain universe spider-man oh, could have conjured some up. <laughs> formula <laughs> that's true that's true i also think benji's maybe on solids at this point he looks like a slightly bigger baby mm. you don't think benji's on, on solids i mean he's is... definitely not over a year so he wouldn't be no. weaned at this point he also doesn't seem like he can walk right so he wouldn't he wouldn't be weaned he'd right. still need formula yes well i'm i am positive captain universe got him formula do we want to go into a couple of the really fun parts of the tie-ins? Okay, the tie-ins that we didn't talk about? So I want to talk about the newspaper one. Yes, I knew you would. So there's a part of one of the tie-ins. I believe it's Spider-Verse number one. But if not, uh, well, wait, let's give it a quick look. Can I mention how useful and also frustrating the Spider-Verse event is in Marvel Unlimited? It's out of order. Well... No, it's it's more in order than that. I mean, it's in publication order, mm-hmm. but I mean that some of the stuff that came out on the same date doesn't necessarily, is not necessarily read in that order. I don't know. But the thing that frust- frustrates me about Marvel Unlimited events is that you can like read one issue of Amazing and if the next one's supposed to be like a Spider-Verse team up, like the read next button doesn't take you to that Spider-Verse team up. It takes you to the next Amazing yeah, there are some, sometimes they'll have one where it'll be like next in event, mm. um, but it's not all of them. So I completely understand that frustration. Uh, yes. So this one was in Spider-Verse number one. It is the syndicated newspaper comic strip world mm-hmm. where it's drawn out as Morloon comes to eat Peter and he's on a picnic with MJ. But because the newspaper keeps having to recap the previous strip, Nothing ever seems to happen, and Morlun gets frustrated and leaves. Well, it's not even just—it's not that he gets frustrated and leaves. He realizes something is wrong, but then the world fades away because the Master Weaver hides it. He says, "Oh, I don't know. Something happened with the world that just kind of disintegrated." Oh, that's uh... right. Which would actually be a good excuse at this point because of all the Avengers worlds that are blowing up. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, did you like the little thing with Penelope Parker? 
Oh yeah, she was so fun. Her tutu was great. Uh, but I really like steampunk Spider Woman. That or would lady, be Lady Spider. Lady Spider. That would be a very fun cosplay. Oh yeah, no, who would recognize that? Uh, someone would recognize that. Right, right. You'd have the spider. She's a spider on her right, corset. But they, they would just think like I did like my own. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't think I did my own. No. Okay. So there's this there's this popular sort of meme where someone cosplayed a character who is called Duella Dent, but Duella Dent is a DC character who very much looks like a steampunk female version of the Joker. And so somebody called it like trying too hard when in fact it's an actual legitimate character. So someone was trying to be a, like a, like a real nerd boy and turned out to be a fake nerd boy. Cause they didn't know the character. <laughs> See, I just feel like that would happen. Yeah. That's with fair. This, this so it'd be like a, a female, female steampunk Spider-Man. Congratulations. Blame. You're trying too hard. And it's like, this is an actual character. <laughs> Yeah, she is pretty cool though. She's got a little bit of a superior Spider-Man thing going on with her little, with her little arms, mm-hmm. her little spider stabbies. And she's not, she's not actually, she's never bit by a spider. Like she doesn't have no, like she has no spider powers. powers. She's just like Victorian Batman. <laughs> Which uh, there is a Victorian Batman. Well, okay. <laughs> Victorian Spider Batman. Right. <laughs> All right. So those are our, I think, our favorite tie-in bits. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I do like the one with the the I this one we don't have to look up, but there's one with the the little fruit pies. It was like the Marvel fruit pie world. There used to be a bunch of um advertisements where Marvel characters Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. I for, it was like a golden cake or whatever. He's like, "Oh, no, no. that's right." Yeah, it, it was. wasn't a fruit pie. It was not a fruit pie. It was it like was Hostess like, World or something. Uh-huh. He was expecting to be able to defeat like the, the vampire by just throwing cakes at him. <laughs> Eat this instead! Like, that was supposed to be, like, the ad moment there. But then he just got it. I just like the the silly ones, really. Yeah, the silly ones are a lot of fun. They're just a fun little... Bright, like, I mean, it, even if it's only, like, one or two pages, it's just kind of fun to have those little interludes and see these other worlds. And it's a big bummer when the Spider-Man dies. Um, As often happens. It, yeah, a lot. A lot. Well, let's get into our accolades. Accolades! All right, Christy, what is your best line? All right, so my best line comes from, um, I mean, it's it's kind of a series of lines. There's a little back and forth here between uh, 616 Spider-Man Peter Parker and Spider-Ham, and it's as... Peter Parker is being like recruited into this the, the 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 group of spiders and he's like time out future me british me and that one's a cartoon pig and spider ham says yeah want to make something out of it and he says like what a luau <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> Oh boy. I love the funnies. And Spider-Man is always funny. Even when it's like dark and we've got, we've had like, I don't know, like 20 deaths. We still get, we still get the luau lines. We still get the yucks. I love it. There's lots of yucks in Spider-Man. You'll always get those. So my best line is said by Spider-Punk. Uh-huh. So Spider-Punk is just Spider-Man, but he's got spikes and like and a mohawk and he's got a cool vest. Mm-hmm. And he's part of Superior Spider-Man's, like, very angry force. Spider-Punk is, is Antifa, effectively. <laughs> In his world, he bashed the fash with a guitar. Yay! Yep. Because <laughs> the, the very literal fash. He says to Miles Morales, after they rescue them from Verna, like, they come in, like, Assassin Spider-Man, like, shoots one of the hounds, and Spider-Punk, like, headbutts one of them to mm-hmm. death. Says... Shut up. There's no time. You heard the big man. Spider up or die. Which is maybe a bit much. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. All right. What about your greatest hero? So my greatest hero is Earth-13 Spider-Man because he's such a good boy. He's He dads it up and he's he's got his ultimate power and he's like, y'all can just chill here. You know, I have ultimate power and they can't hurt you here. He's just like very, a very sweet dad figure. And uh, he also is like, but if, uh, you know, you need just some old fashioned spidering and uh, I need to come with you, I'll, I'll do that too. 
And it's just, I was really sad when he died because uh, he also has a beard, which makes him the best one. Uh huh. I I kind of I kind of actually foresaw you picking that one. I I have the panel in here as as some backup for uh my defense of my choice of greatest hero. Okay. Superior. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's okay. Yes, he is a little bit arrogant, a little bit haughty, and but. He's very competent. He's put together his own group here. He has a lot of tech that he's working on. He provides them with the body to study. Like, he gets the first kill. Well, that was mostly Kane. Mostly Kane, yes. Although there's also, like, the panel kind of doesn't super indicate that Kane did the most damage. Right. sort of implied. Right. He gets spiky and things happen. Right. So, I, I mean, I feel like he's done a lot of great stuff and gets kind of a bad rap just because he's auto octavius and yeah like he's kind of has some personality issues the murder the murder part is the big issue okay but your dad dad spidey also murdered a dude that's why i have the panel on here (laughs) you knew i would bring it up i knew that you would come (laughs) come but he killed somebody i'm like yeah yeah but you know what spider dad cosmic spider man killed genix he did man of all the ones to kill, you kill, like, the worst one. <laughs> uh, okay. I see your point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you'll rescind that later, but... Well, I, I know, but of of this beginning, mm-hmm. like, he's... Compared to, like, our Peter Parker, he's the most... He's definitely more on top of it at this point. Like, he's been yeah. engaged... He's been working on this for a while. So he's, he's at the point in the timeline when I didn't entirely hate him yet mm-hmm. i i mean he's kind of a bad guy like that's that's kind of the point of superior spider-man but he's, bad guys can do good things true but later on he gets like way worse but this is like he's pulled out of the series before he is the worst right but i i, I do think he had some cool back and forth with peter when they were fighting that i i kind of enjoyed that i almost picked for best line mm-hmm. which was like the the like i like I would never be this ruthless. And he goes, yes, you will when you're me. Right. Which is, that's pretty good. So I'll, I'll give it to you, but uh, I can't wait to see you get, get added on Twitter. About it. <laughs> I mean, yes, I feel like it is a very unpopular choice, but I stand by it. Bad people can do good things. And I don't think that we should write off their good things. I mean, yes, it was murder, but. He murdered a real, real bad dude that really didn't actually ultimately wind up being dead. Yeah. I feel like at this point it's like carte blanche to just like, well, okay. So I also think, so Captain Universe Spidey Mm -hmm. knew at this point they were clones. So maybe that's why he did it. I mean, or maybe we just did it because people were dying. Good spiders were dying. He blew the ever-living crap out of Genix. (laughs) He just eviscerated him. But Superior had the good sense of... No, I'm going to kill this one and stabilize the body so it doesn't disintegrate so we can study it. Kind of a sledgehammer versus a screwdriver approach. Right. Like, I mean, you can't fault his intelligence and his cunning. I, you cannot. That, and that's kind of the whole, that's his whole point. Mm-hmm. Whereas he is more analytical, whereas Peter's kind of a space cadet. And at the end of these three issues, which one of our greatest heroes is still alive to help out? All right. Well, uh, <laughs> let's just go on to coolest moment, Christy. <laughs> I knew I was going to have to defend that one, so I'd been thinking about it. You've brought evidence. You're such a speech (laughs) teacher. All right. Coolest moment. So I feel like with my coolest moments, I normally choose a moment that's really awesome for the heroes, where they're doing great things, or something where, like, the art is really good. I've chosen something where the art is really good, but it's not a really great moment for the heroes. It's the moment that we finally see Solus in all of his intimidating glory he looks so big yes he looks like this like hulking gigantic old vampire Mm -hmm. he kind of he kind of looks like odin to me he does there's a bit where he jumps and it just he's got like he's just like this leather boot man but he just seems like unstoppable Right, I know what you because he kind of like comes out of the out of the like the, the rubble, web. the wreck, like the and web. He's like, yeah, he's got this really cool like art behind him, and he just seems massive. And we just see even the lettering's pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. his name is mm-hmm. like specially lettered. Like I am soulless. Right. Yeah. Because up until this point, we've seen him kind of shadowed, like backlit by a fire and stuff, and he seemed kind of ominous. And this is his like 
reveal and he looks scary and it's cool and it's terrifying and it, it, it's just a really cool moment i think do you think his name on is on a, is a pun on the fact that he doesn't have a soul is he soulless mm-hmm. or is there no solace <gasps> Ooh, is he with... solace or soulless either one's a pun <laughs> what about you what's your coolest moment there's a bit where they decide to seek cover and all the spiders are walking in a line mm-hmm. and i just i was it was such a sucker moment and it reminded me of uh, remember back Kill Bill, mm-hmm. where the crazy eighty-eight members are all walking in a line, and there's the burner. It seemed like that would be a really cool moment for that to happen. Yeah, I think it was also like it was like so gratuitous. Like I read it, and I was I almost like I loved it, but I almost rolled my eyes at the same time. Like they're like, let's see cover. All walking in a line, just walking away from a park. Like, it's like oh they yeah, because wanted... they were they had all been gathered in like Central Park with Dad Spider, yeah. and uh, and they're like, hey, we probably need to be like around buildings where we can like swing and like do stuff just in case we're attacked. And he's like, right. well, we won't be attacked, but I guess. Right. <laughs> it's like no, seriously, don't worry. Have you met me? I've been been getting formula for this baby the entire time out of nothing. <laughs> the Enigma Force, also formula. Uh, and I, I think it's just, I'm just a sucker for a bunch of spider costumes. And it was like I fully admit that 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 moment like just seemed to be set up for like draw just a ton of spiders. Like, I mean, it was it looked. I think I remember this this moment, and it was cool because we have actually several. I think panels and pages of spideys walking in a line together mm-hmm. throughout this and it's all just i mean when you have a team up like that you've got to have one of those yeah like yeah that's true mm-hmm. all right christy uh i'm gonna start with my silly villainy okay laid on me gen x okay because after he gets blown the ever-living heck up like captain universe does his one or a thousand? It doesn't matter. Not against me. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. You shouldn't have come here. Thing. Genix is blown to pieces. Like mm-hmm. maybe not even pieces. I don't even know if there's any bit of him left. I think he's just like disintegrated. Mm-hmm. He like and he it zooms to like the cloning facility where there's three scientists who are like those the names that they do. Those are scientists from like Spider Man mm-hmm. who are just like in Loom World. That's their position. It mm-hmm. was just kind of a little call. I didn't feel the need to really bring it up but he like turns from embryo into like old man or whatever yeah and he's just like you know what this sucks i'm not doing it anymore oh yeah yeah like the scientist has like you ready to go back into battle he's and like, he's like uh, nope. nope there's more valuable things i can be doing with my time right now <laughs> just like he like seems like he's like cracks his neck and like like puts his hand on like the small of his back and is like nope i'm done back to the lab guys and you know he went to fight and was like Got blown up by a Captain Universe. I guess I'm done. <laughs> What's your silly villainy? Okay. Oh, sorry, we forgot to say the full award, the Crusher Creel Award for silly oh, villainy. Oh, yes. My Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy is split between uh, the twins, Bricks and Bora. Um, during the feast, they they get into um, a bit of an argument and... Um, they're they're arguing about who's brought the best totem to the dinner, and Bora contends that she has brought the best spider because she brought Spider Spider Man. Uh-huh. He's he's double the spider. I think the uh, so double is... points, and she says, "Clearly, I'm winning." <laughs> I feel bad for the poor spider who's laying on the table as people are arguing about which is the best one to eat. Right? Being Uh. eaten is such a scary concept. See, but they don't even, they're not like, it doesn't even seem like the vampires need to like bite into them. They just kind of do like the hocus pocus inhale. But They do the hocus pocus. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about that with Edge of Spider-Verse, Never forgetting that. So yeah, they're the twins are just kind of silly together. Yeah, they I don't know they just they and they they it comes up again how they kind of treat every this whole thing like a game like a competition. And it's, yes, you, there there are jocks of the spider team. Like you chose Genix, who's like the smart is the nerd. 
Um, Morlun is the prep. Mm-hmm. Demos is the, like the like outcast. No, Karn's the outcast. He's a right. literal outcast. But Demos is kind of like kind of like the party the party boy, the bad boy. Mm-hmm. He's just there for for. He's for got debauchery. the earring. He does. Oh man, he's gonna like. Demos is gonna come on his bike and like rev the engine, and you're gonna jump on the back of it. Is Verna the cheerleader? Yeah, I don't know how Verna. Like the prom queen? Uh, I don't know. Are we breakfast clubbing? (laughs) 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 The inheritors. You mess with the space vampire, son. You get the fangs. (laughs) Oh, Oh, we just breakfast clubbed the inheritors. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, we did we did good work. <laughs> All right, well, readers, I think this is going to do it for this week on Chris's. Next time we're going to be covering the next two issues, mm-hmm. so we're going to be going extra in depth. We also have the pleasure this week of shouting somebody out on the show for giving us an awesome review on iTunes. Christy, do it. So this review comes from somebody you probably recognized if you followed the Acts of Friendship crossover that we were a part of. This review comes from Chris Osborne of Play Comics. Uh, so, And we totally did not ask him to do this at all. No, no. I was super excited to see it uh, pop up. It, awesome. Like, uh, I have frequently said nobody nobody gets excited about things like chris gets excited about things but i feel like the other chris alternate universe chris Mm -hmm. gives you a run for your money he chris is so i chris you're you're awesome i christy's referring to chris Chris osborne Osborne is awesome Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. chris o yes 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 i i love your positivity and your hype it's wonderful Uh, and his review uh i love the title a treat every time. Mm. Chris and Christy make a wonderful show. And if you're not listening, you're really missing out. Doesn't matter if you've been reading comics for years or if you're a newcomer, this is a great show to check out. So likewise, check out his show, Play Comics. Yeah. Uh, his show is just like a very fun sit down conversation. Mm-hmm. He discusses, as the, the name might imply, uh, video, video games, games and, comics. and comics. But a lot of times with people who just come at it from like a really interesting angle mm-hmm. uh so i was i was listening to an episode this week and it was just kind of a fascinating listen yeah yeah thanks chris yeah thank you and if you want us to shout you out on the show leave us a review as well we'd be ecstatic to do so yes you can do so uh itunes is like probably the preferred method but we know that itunes is sometimes a pain so just do your best we've shouted out facebook reviews yeah as well you can rate us on there I uh, should we should probably look on some of the other platforms to see if there's something we've missed. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> well, um, if you'd like to speak with us on Twitter, we're at Chris's Pod. We are also at Chris's Pod on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can email us chrisisoninfiniteearths at gmail dot com. Just drop us something. You can I don't know. You can suggest crossovers for us to do. Although we do have next one picked out, so we wouldn't be able to get to things till later. Uh, we love hearing from people, so please, please add us. Uh, we think it's a lot of fun. We're, with that, we'll bring you more Spider-Verse on our next episode. Mm-hmm. We will be finishing up. It, it'll it'll take us two more episodes to get through it. We were thinking about doing one, but there's just maybe too much to go through. <laughs> Definitely too much. All right. So, until next time. Slay your enemies, and all you desire shall be yours.